Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Katafma with Believe in Angels on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I want to thank Ian Edward Nielsen for coming on last week and getting a chance to sit down and talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers. I thought, I know this is an Angels show, but I thought, you know what? The Dodgers were in the playoffs. The Angels and Dodgers are both in California. Let's talk to a Dodgers fan. At the time, the Dodgers had just been knocked out by the uh, Washington Nationals. So, you know what? I thought it'd be a fun conversation to talk to a, uh, a Dodgers fan. Anyway, so again, I want to thank Ian. Uh, check him out on Twitter, uh, Ian E. Nielsen at Twitter, or on Twitter, I should say. Go check him out. He's he's great. Um, so moving on now. Uh, I wanted. I have a couple topics I want to talk about today. Obviously, we're going to talk about the World Series. We're going to talk about the Angels adding Joe Madden because while I was doing the show, um, while I was recording last week, Joe Madden was announced as the Angels manager, and I kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the, of the beginning of last week's show. But uh, I didn't really get a chance to talk a lot about it because the show was more about the interviews. So I thought get a chance to talk about uh, Coach Madden today, um, as well as the World Series, like I mentioned, and the NBA opened up. I am a Lakers fan, and I have some frustrations that I want to vent and talk about. But uh, So I'm trying to figure out what I want to talk about, and I think what I'm going to start the show off with is postseason baseball because that is the most exciting aspect of sports right now, in my opinion. The Astros and Nationals got underway on Monday, I believe, and, uh, well, the uh, I predicted the Astros and Nationals in the World Series. Got that correct. Currently am wrong in terms of who's going to win the World Series. I thought the Astros were going to honestly handle the Nationals pretty well, maybe five or six games. I don't exactly remember what I said. I didn't even write it down. But uh, it turns out the Nationals are actually ready to be in the World Series. Um, they beat the Astros 5-4 to four on Monday. It's a great win for the Nationals, their first uh, first ever World Series appearance, their first ever World Series series win. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I should preface that. Their first World Series game win. Uh, this is a lot of firsts for a lot of guys on the Nationals as well. I mean, uh, this is the second time... Actually, was Max Scherzer on the... I don't know if Max Scherzer was on the Tigers when they were in the World Series against the Cardinals. So this is Max Scherzer's first World Series. This uh, potentially is Anibal Sanchez. I didn't look it up. Uh, Steven Strasburg's first. Juan Soto's. Obviously, he's 20. Uh, Trey Turner. Obviously, he's like younger. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, who's been with the Nationals since day one. I mean, that's insane. You, you, you get happy for those guys. Those guys who stick around with the organization through the good times, through the bad times. You know, Ryan Zimmerman's been there since the beginning. And funny, what's what I thought was really interesting was Zimmerman's start, his first career start, was um, the same year he was drafted, which is something you never see. Um, I know the Nationals wanted to do that with Bryce Harper, but he played a little bit in the uh, in the minors. I think he played for a whole season in the minors and then came up the year after. But Ryan Zimmerman was drafted in 2005 with the number one overall pick and ended up playing with the Nationals in 2005. And now he he sticks through all the bad seasons, all the playoff eliminations, all the managers they've gone through, and he finally gets to go to the World Series. And that's the kind of stuff that I really love about baseball is the storylines. And Ryan Zimmerman going to the World Series is a great storyline, even if the Nationals lose. So while I'm still going to stand behind my Astros prediction, I would be very happy if the Nationals ended up winning the World Series just because Ryan Zimmerman just seems like such a great guy. And, uh, I mean, the Astros, you know, they won a World Series already. Let the Nationals do it. Let's let's see a National League team win it. The past two years, it's been an American League team. Let's see a National League team win it. 
Uh, the last one was 2016 with the Cubs. Let's see the Nationals do it. I'm tired of saying Nationals. But anyway, uh, another guy who the guy who was on the mound on for the Astros, uh, Garrett Cole, it did not have his best game. But if you look at it statistically, seven innings pitched, six strikeouts, and five earned runs, it's not terrible. And trust me, with a team like the Nationals, it could be a lot worse with how good their offense is. But Garrett Cole does get the loss, did not pitch very well. But look, here's the thing, and I saw a lot on Twitter. A lot of Dodgers fans uh, and a few Angels fans that I know of are not too happy with the performance of Garrett Cole. And it's mostly on the side of the Dodgers fans, but they're like, oh, you know, Garrett Cole may not be worth the money. I don't know if I want Garrett Cole now. I don't know if I want the Dodgers to sign Garrett Cole. Guys and girls, everybody, calm the hell down. It's really not that big a deal. Garrett Cole is still one of the better pitchers on the on the Astros rotation, arguably one of the best pitchers in the World Series currently. He's had a great season with the Astros. He's had one bad outing. He'll probably have one, at least one, maybe two more, before Garrett Cole decides to leave the Astros and then goes into the free agency market. Hopefully, Simon's the Angels. Fingers crossed. Um, but let me run you through some statistics here. Garrett Cole had not taken a loss since May of tw- uh, May twenty second was the last time Garrett Cole lost as a starter. He hadn't allowed more than three runs since August 28th. He hadn't given up five or more runs since, obviously, May 22nd. And only twice in that span did he cough up more than three. Before striking out just seven Yankees in the ALCS, Cole had a streak of 11 straight double-digit strikeout performances. I think it is completely idiotic for you to go off of one performance to say, oh, I don't know if Garrett Cole's worth the contract that they're going to get him. Stop. Garrett Cole is worth every cent that whatever team is gives him because Garrett Cole is one of the best pitchers in baseball. This is his first World Series. I'm pretty sure this is the farthest he's ever gone in the playoffs. You can't can't knock a guy after one bad outing. There's no need to do something like that because Garrett Cole's a great pitcher. He had one bad outing. The Nationals offense jumped on top of him and they played well. Uh, they came out swinging early. It was two nothing Houston, and then it was basically all at, ball all Nationals from there. They scored one in the second. They scored one in the the fourth. They had three in the fifth, and then obviously Garrett Cole got pulled in the seventh. And then the bullpen was able to kind of keep the bats quiet for Washington. Uh, so uh, look, just because he has one bad outing doesn't mean you can't say that Garrett Cole doesn't deserve a fat contract hopefully from the Angels, but a fat contract in general. I think that's a stupid take, and I just don't I don't agree with it at all. Garrett Cole's a great pitcher, and he's worth all the money that they're going to give him. Uh, Adam Eaton went two for four. Juan Soto had a huge home run, went three for four. He's a – God, he is a great baseball player. Juan Soto is so good. He is – he should be the face of that franchise. They should just start shifting Juan Soto if they have not already. I'm not a Nationals fan. If they have are not already shifted their focus into making Juan Soto the face of that franchise, they should 500% do that because Juan Soto is a very, very good baseball player. Oh, yeah, and he's 20. He's not even 21 yet. Actually, I think he may be 21 now. I don't even know. He's under 22. I can tell you that for for sure. Some of the other spotlights for the for the uh, uh, the – the Nationals, their bullpen play uh, pitched pretty well. Patrick Corbin came in relief and only gave up a hit and two struck out two. Uh, Tanner Rainey, I think his name is Tanner, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he had two walks, uh, an earned run. Daniel Hudson had an earned run. Scott Doolittle, I believe, came in and got the save. Um, so, look, the Nationals, they jump out ahead in Houston. That's tough to do. Kudos to the Nationals. Like I said, I'm still sticking behind the Astros winning, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Nationals ended up uh, winning the World Series and earning their first victory. I mean... 
The Astros did it in 2017. They played against a very good Dodger team and they in their first ever organizational World Series, and they won. So, look, I wouldn't be surprised if, if honestly, the Nationals ended up stealing this series and winning the World Series, which would be great for them because uh, Bryce Harper didn't win it, and I th- feel like that's important. Uh, George Springer had, went two for three. He had two RBIs. Uh, Jose Altuve, pretty quiet night, one for five. So great job on the side of uh, Max Scherzer, who once again, I forgot to mention Max Scherzer, who started for the Nationals. Seven strikeouts, five innings pitched, five hits, and two earned runs on three walks. You know, Max Scherzer, another guy who's pitching in the World Series for the first time, I think, uh, you know, doing well. It's great pitchers perform, and sometimes great pitchers have bad outings. I mean, uh, Garrett Cole just had a bad outing, but Max Scherzer did not. He pitched pretty well. Um, some others that jumped out to me, uh, Jordan Alvarez, two for three on the night with a, with a walk. Um, and then uh, that's that's about it on the side of the of the, the Astros. Their bullpen, though, did a good job. They kept them pretty quiet after the, after the fifth inning. The Nationals did not score a single run. So shout out to the uh, Astros bullpen, I guess, keeping it pretty quiet. But the offense just came up a run short. Very, very close World Series. This one might go seven. I, I confidently think that the Astros and Nationals World Series might go seven games. I, I strongly believe that. Um, it's just two really, really good teams going up against each other. It's They're very, very evenly matched. They both got good bullpens. I think the Astros have the edge in the bullpen. The hitting, both teams, very, very good hitting teams, very, very good pitching teams. So it'll be interesting. It'll be very, very interesting to see um, who, who ends up winning this one. Still sticking with the Astros in seven, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Nationals win. I want to get on the bandwagon of getting Ryan Zimmerman a World Series. Moving on now to the managerial situation for the Los Angeles Angels, which has finally sorted itself out in the most obvious way possible. Joe Madden announced as the Angels manager. I love it. Three years for Joe Madden. He'll more than likely retire with the team or maybe get a contract extension and then retire regardless. This is a great pickup for the Los Angeles Angels. And I can't toot my horn too hard because... You know, it was kind of obvious that Joe Madden was going to become the manager for the Angels uh, from the beginning. I mean, the guys had a lot of connections to the Angels. He was uh, a manager with the Angels for the longest time, and then he left. And, you know, it's it's sort of like it's just been waiting to happen. It didn't happen when he left the Rays because Mike Sosha was still with the Angels, and then Joe Madden went on to win the World Series with the Cubs. So it, it makes a lot of sense now that Joe Madden is the manager for the Angels. I think it's great. It just helps everybody else. Uh, it helps everybody in the organization. Joe Madden is a phenomenal manager. I'm just going to keep saying it. There's what else can you say? He's a great coach, and I think that this is the right step. This is this is the step in that direction of being contending again and winning the AL West, and finally putting the Angels back on the map. And it starts with hiring Joe Madden. The hiring of Joe Madden will put the Angels back into postseason contention. I will strongly stand behind that because this team has got a lot of talent and they just needed somebody to steer the ship. And now they've got their captain in Joe Madden. And speaking of Joe Madden, his former team, the Cubs, hired David Ross, which I'm also a fan of. I love David Ross. He's got a great personality. I'm curious to see how he'll do as a manager. He's one of those guys who you look at him and go, you know what? I think when you retire, you're probably going to manage. And David Ross... Look what happened. He ended up managing the Cubs. I don't know if the decision has been official yet, but I've seen it all over Twitter that it's David Ross is definitely the Cubs manager for next season. 
Uh, I, like I said, I like it. I think it could really work out for the Cubs. They've still got a great team. It's just they they just had missed out on a couple things. They didn't have another World Series appearance. Haven't made the World Series since 2016, which is not as long as it used to be. Uh, got knocked out of the playoffs for the past couple years. Missed the playoffs this season. Missed the playoffs essentially last season. So it's nice to see, you know, it's, it was time for Joe Madden to leave. And it's time for David Ross, his era, to start. Uh, a team in... The other West on the National League side, the Padres, Ron Washington is looking like he's leading the candidate candidate. Oh, my goodness. It's looking like he's leading the candidate race for Padres manager. Uh, I think Ron Washington going to the Padres is great. He's one of the best fielding coaches in baseball. He's got the best left side of the infield in baseball with Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis. Um I think you add Ron Washington to this group. Uh, he's a guy who's had a lot of success. He's been to the World Series. Um, I I can't explain how much more I think it's a great idea. Um, I, I have always liked Ron Washington. I think he's doing great things in Atlanta. They're a solid fielding team, and one of them has to do with one of the best fielding coaches in baseball, and Ron Washington. And him going to the Angels is um, excuse me, him going to the Padres is only going to make this team much better. Although Manny Machado has been pushing pretty hard for Buck Showalter, who was his former manager in uh, Baltimore. But uh, obviously, I don't see that really happening. I think Buck Showalter is going to continue to look uh, from the outside in. I, if I was Buck Showalter, I'd be pushing hard for the Royals job. If he really wants to manage, I would be hoping, if I was Buck Showalter, I'd be hoping very, very hard that I get an opportunity to manage the Royals because that's that, I think, is a good spot for Buck Showalter. I had said the Phillies, which personally I think is the best option for Buck Showalter, but it sounds like the Phillies want to go more in the direction of Joe Girardi, which is also a, a great sign. It's not a great signing. It's a good option for the Phillies, who are kind of looking for a direction right now, missed out on the playoffs, had really underperformed this season. Uh, and I think Joe Girardi, a guy, been to the World Series, success in the postseason. Uh, I think he can turn the Phillies around and put them back into contention. Another very, very talented team. Um, and and with Buck Showalter, he's got to look more at the Royals, look more at other opportunities, because I don't think a contending team is really interested in in Buck Showalter. i, I got to be honest. And it has nothing to do with Buck Showalter as a person, and I think he's a great manager. I just think, you know, some teams just want to go with either names that haven't – that names that haven't really um, – been talked about yet, like a David Ross or a Mark Loretta, or they want to go more towards established guys. And uh, I'm going to completely uh, go back on that point by saying Eduardo Perez is in the race to be the manager for the Mets. Eduardo Perez is currently with ESPN. He was a former first baseman, played several years in the MLB, and the Mets think that he'd be the best choice for their managerial position. And look, I don't know how Eduardo Perez would do as a manager. I think that's not a good idea for the Mets. I think the Mets should go after somebody else, but... Uh, uh, all right, let's see what Eduardo Perez can do. I'm I'm in for it. That's fine. Uh, is it the best choice? Probably not. Will it happen? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, first-time managers have worked out before. Alex Cora, he won a World Series last year. Um, I think the Mets should go with somebody else. But uh, you know what? Eduardo Perez, if you get the job, I'll be happy to see what you do, man. I, I'd actually honestly be very interested to see what happens with Eduardo Perez. So that's all the baseball talk for today. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go back. Talk a lot more about the World Series next week and everything else that goes on. We're getting very, very close to offseason. I'm lining up a couple interviews that I think are going to be real exciting. Um, but I did want to talk about this. Yesterday, today is Wednesday. Yesterday was Tuesday. Uh, the NBA opened up, and the I'm a Lakers fan. Uh, the Lakers lost to the Clippers because, of course, they did. Uh, because the Clippers are a much better team. They're a much better ran organization. They have better players. They're more structured. They have cooler jerseys. 
Okay, maybe not that one. But look, the the Clippers are what the Lakers should be. And let me point let me let me let me take you down the rabbit hole that is the Los Angeles Lakers. Kobe Bryant leaves. What's the Lakers what are the Lakers to do without Kobe Bryant? Oh, I don't know. What do we do without Kobe Bryant? Well, we suck for four years, almost three years, and then uh, we go after LeBron James because he's LeBron James. And then we sign LeBron James. And then we go, well, just the LeBron James isn't going to do it. Now what do we do? Uh, well, let's go into the draft. Let's get a couple guys. No, it's not working out. Uh, let's trade them all for Anthony Davis. Great idea. So they trade them all for Anthony Davis. Now they have a roster that consists of Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and that's it. Well, who, now we got to fill out our roster. Well, a lot of our guys are gone. We had a young core of players who probably would have worked well around Anthony Davis and LeBron James, but we didn't give them time to develop because we wanted Anthony Davis, and the only way to gain Anthony Davis was to trade away draft picks and trade away our core young, our, a core of great players in Lonzo Ball, uh, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart. But, but we have Anthony Davis now. We have no future after Anthony Davis leaves in free agency if that happens, and also when LeBron James leaves because he's old. Uh, but you know, for now, we have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Okay, so what do we do? Let's sign a bunch of veterans who are probably past their prime, but will sign for cheap because they want to win a ring, and let's try to make a team out of that. And here we are. They lost to the Clippers. Uh, again, a much better organization. The Lakers started out strong, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And the Lakers finished poorly, and they lost. LeBron James had 18 points. Not terrible. Anthony Davis had 25, led the team, or excuse me, was second in the team behind Danny Green, who had 28 points, coming off of his NBA Finals appearance with the Raptors, where he won his second NBA championship. Or third. I don't know. I didn't look it up. But regardless, Danny Green had 28 points. I like the addition of Danny Green. Can't complain. Um, what I don't like is seeing the Lakers lose to the Clippers at all because I'm just currently looking at what the Lakers could be. They could have had Kawhi Leonard. They could have had Paul George. They could have had a bunch of other great players, but instead they're stuck with Avery Bradley, who had eight points on the night, not terrible off the bench, who, excuse me, he started at point guard. Not sure why Alex Caruso isn't starting a point guard who's proven several times that he is a very, very capable point guard. Uh, also, they've got Dwight Howard, again, who had three points. Troy Daniels, who I completely forgot was on the team. He had six. Quinn Cook, who I do like. He's a good three-point shooter. He had four points. Jared Dudley. Why the hell would you sign Jared Dudley? Jared Dudley hasn't been relevant since he was wearing a Suns uniform, but for some reason he found himself on the roster. He had six points, was second in the team off the bench in points, outscored JaVel McGee, who had four. I do like JaVel McGee, though. I won't, I won't. Look, there are a couple guys on here that I'm like, all right, I'm fine with. JaVel McGee is one of them. I think he's a good anchor on the defense. He's not the best offensively, but he grabs boards, and, and, and he's JaVel McGee. Um, but you look at the Lakers roster. Let me run you down the Lakers roster. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, JaVel McGee, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Catavius Caldwell-Pope, who should not be a Laker, Dwight Howard, Troy Daniels, Quinn Cook, Jared Dudley, Costas Anticatumpo, I pronounced that wrong, but it's not Giannis, so who cares? Alex Caruso, who I love, and whoever Zach Norville Jr. is. That is the Lakers roster. Do you know any of those guys? I bet you know a few of them. You want to know why you know a few of them? Because they're pieces of other teams that they didn't want them anymore. Avery Bradley, cast off from from Boston, bounced around the league, found his way on the Lakers. Danny Green, I'm going to skip Danny Green. JaVale McGee, played for the Wizards, played for a bunch of other teams, found himself on the Lakers. Dwight Howard, 
was the was one of the best players in basketball, one of the best centers, never changed his game, never learned a mid-range jumper, always thought that he could score inside the basket until the, the league passed him by, and now he's a veteran trying to find relevance in the league. Troy Daniels, I don't even know who he played for last season. Quinn Cook, sharpshooter from the Warriors, I'm fine with that. Jared Dudley, old man who needs to retire but does have a cool shoe collection. Costas Antikatumpo, he's not Giannis, who cares? Alex Caruso, love you. Zach Norvell Jr., I don't know who that is. And also, uh, there's Anthony Davis and LeBron James, obviously. Um, so, you know, that's the Lakers roster. And then you look at the, the, the Clippers roster, Kawhi Leonard. It's Kawhi Leonard. Of course you know who that is. Patrick Peterson. Patterson. Whatever. Ivan Zubak. A Laker who they traded for a second round pick. Why? Why did you trade Zubak, who was showing a lot of promise for a second round pick? You could have got a first round pick for him at the very least. But instead, you went for the second-round pick. Why? Ivan Zubak should be starting on the Lakers at the center position, and JaVel McGee should be the backup, but he's not. Landry Shamit, uh, I think he played for, was it Wichita State at some point? I really don't remember. He had eight points, though. Patrick Beverly, great defensive player. Montrell's Harrell, who I think if he's given a shot anywhere else, is a starting three, is a starting four and five on any team. Lou Williams, one of the best Six man in the league, another Laker that was dropped and released. You gotta love that. You gotta let the you gotta love when the Lakers make decisions like that. You're seeing every player from former Laker, every, almost every former Laker is is thriving with another team. And we're gonna get to the other game in a little bit, and then I'm gonna wrap up. But you see the Javel uh, Ivan Zubak, former Laker, Lou Williams, former Laker, on the side of the the Pelicans. Like I said, you've got. Um, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. Let's not even forget Julius Randle, who should have never left the Lakers. And uh, while I do kind of get why they got rid of D'Angelo Russell, if you had just given him some time to develop, he would have developed into what he was before the Lakers. The Lakers would have a core of Ivan Zubak, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and D'Angelo Russell had they just had some damn patience. Really. Had they just had, like, a year's more patience, this team could be one of the most complete teams, but instead, Lakers fans, like myself, get to watch the JV Los Angeles team compete and probably win an NBA championship because they're one of the best teams in the West. They're going to surpass the Warriors, and they're going to win a championship for however long Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is on the, is on the same team. And also, I want to throw out there, Paul George didn't even play last night. Think about this team with Paul George. And that's all I'm going to say about, about the Los Angeles Lakers. They're a dysfunctional organization, and it's completely frustrated. I hope the buses sell, and I hope Rod Polinka gets fired. Honestly. I honestly think that. But I'm tired of getting frustrated over this team that I have no control over. Also, the uh, Raptors won in overtime against the Pelicans. And with that, I'm going to wrap this show up. Congratulations to the Pelicans on getting their first loss without Zion. I think they're going to be a good team, probably find themselves at the bottom of the West in terms of the playoffs. Maybe 7 or 8 seed. They might surprise some people. My finals prediction, Clippers, Bucks, Clippers, and 5. All right, I'm done ranting. I'm frustrated now, and I want to go home. So with that, I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, I really, really love doing the show, even when I'm frustrated. I really enjoy loving – I really do enjoy doing this show, and I appreciate you for listening. Uh, if you wanted to um, – if you wanted to find me on on social medias, I'm still reeling from my rant. If you want to find me on uh, social medias, at uh, intern underscore Phil, tweet me your responses to my Lakers rant. Talk about how you feel about Joe Madden. I'm happy about it. You're happy about it. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. 
Um, again, want to thank Ian Edward Nielsen for coming on last week. Uh, we are on your favorite sti- directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary. Tune in. You can find us at uh, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcast. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Um, I mentioned mine. If you're interested in advertising with the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. We've got so many great shows on this um, on this network that I am finding every day. We have a skateboarding show. We have a show about health. We have a show probably about yoga. We have a show about the 49ers. Eric Davis, I want to be on your podcast. I love the 49ers. I want to talk 49ers football. Um, this is my my shameful way of trying to get onto that podcast. It's not going to happen, but it's totally fine. Um Anyway, there's look outside of my favorite teams, there are a lot of great podcasts that cover several different topics, including the Los Angeles Angels, obviously. But there's really a show for everybody on this network, and uh, check them out. They're great shows. And with that, I want to say enjoy the rest of your week. Try to stay positive. Um, and that's more of a message to myself, and I still have no way of ending the show. So I'm just going to say goodbye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.